Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Today we celebrate the feast day of one of the great figures in Catholic history. And for the past many years in celebrating this feast day, I've always rejoiced in the opportunity to speak about St. Thomas Aquinas. One of the lights of the Catholic Renaissance in the 13th century, a great theologian, philosopher, and also an extraordinary personality. In fact, the canon law of the Church holds up St. Thomas Aquinas as the exemplar for theological study, for fidelity to that search for the truth and for the preaching and the mission of the Church to the world. Pope St. John Paul II constantly spoke about Aquinas' contributions to the understanding of the relationship between reason and faith, one of the preeminent questions of our own time, as it was in the 13th century. So here we are presented with an extraordinary personality, a great theologian, a committed preacher, and one of the most interesting personalities I think you will find in church history. He was born in, I think, the year 1225. Sometimes it's difficult to exactly know the birth date since records were so poor. But he was born in Italy from a a minor noble family. And the family had planned for him to become abbot of one of the nearby Benedictine monasteries, an abbot that was, well, an abbot uh, that would have been a great feather in the cap for the family. But instead, Thomas shocked the family by joining one of the new orders, the Dominicans, the mendicants, that were still finding their way in the church. They had a radical understanding of monastic life. And in fact, they were not tied to any particular place. They took the three evangelical vows, but their mission was to preach, and they were called mendicant because they traveled everywhere. And in fact, were great beggars following the example of St. Thomas uh, or St. Francis of Assisi. In fact, the two mendicant orders, the Franciscans and Dominicans, grew up together and in fact have retained a very close relationship in spite of the fact that their charism is quite different but complementary. The stories of St. Thomas Aquinas are legendary. He had a nickname, the Dumb Ox, that actually uh, was derived from his size. He was a rather large person, but a rather quiet one. He, he spoke only when he had something to say or when he was called upon to lecture or to preach or to lead in prayer. And his silence, of course, uh, awakened all sorts of curiosity among his brother friars. In fact, I remember one occasion where a young friar, in order to excite Thomas, 
looked out the window and shouted, Brother Thomas, Brother Thomas, there's a pig flying by. And Thomas slowly got up from his seat, made his way to the window, to the great laughter of the friars and others. And Thomas very slowly turned around and said, My brother, I would rather believe that a pig could fly than a friar could lie. And there was silence in the common room. He was fearless uh, before the world. There's a story of his lecturing in the University of Paris. And the University of Paris had something of a uh, reputation for turmoil among the students. And in fact, on one occasion, there was something of a riot outside of the lecture hall. Uh, The mayor of Paris called out the archers, the the kind of city guard, and an arrow uh, flew by into the window past the head of Thomas Aquinas. He never blinked. He simply went on lecturing because the gospel had to be proclaimed without fear and with excitement. He had a profound devotion to the evangelical vows and did most of his travel by foot. He traveled from Italy to Germany to study with Albert the Great. He then traveled uh, to Paris, where he taught for a long time. And in fact, he was on his way to the great consul of Lyon when, in fact, he died. I think exhausted from his great uh, labors. He was known to uh, dictate to five different secretaries. His lectures, his uh, tracts that he was writing, his great summas, simultaneously he would turn from one to another. So focused was his mind, so clear was his expression. But there are some things about St. Thomas's work that are not as well known as, as others. Of course, he wrote two monumental summas. That, that is a kind of major collection of thought. One called the Summa Gunter Gentiles, that is the defense of the Christian faith against non-believers. But the greatest was the uh, Summa Theologia, the Summers summary of all theology, which was actually an outline that he had made of the various topics that needed to be covered that he used in his lectures. But he always began with the exposition of sacred scripture. That was the first course that all students of theology had to take. And Thomas Aquinas very carefully would lead his students through that study, because after all, Dominicans were going to be ordained to preach. He had a profound devotion to prayer that he offered before any reading of sacred scripture or any uh, exposition. And that devotion to prayer and that exposition of sacred scripture is known from his works of reviews and exposition of especially the Gospel of John. 
And from this study of scripture, he began to write his famous hymns and prayers. But he was also known for a great preacher of the virtues that are proper to a faithful Christian. So often we think of a moral sermon as being a condemnation of sin, somewhat fiery. But Thomas Aquinas believed that the overcoming of sin should not leave simply an empty soul, but one that is devoted to the virtues that will not only drive out temptation and sin, but will cement a life that is a more and more greater reflection of Christ himself. But of course, as a theologian, he wanted to demonstrate the reasonableness of the Christian faith and the importance of a deeper understanding. And he was one who was curious about all things that could contribute to the truth, to the truth of creation, to the truth of revelation. And although he realized that he was touching on great mysteries that would always invite further meditation, he believed that this revelation would enlighten and awaken and expand our human capacity to know. For there is a truth, and the discovery and involvement in that truth leads toward the perfection of a truly human existence. For this reason, he was excited about the rediscovery of the works of the philosopher Aristotle that he read through a Latin translation of an Arabic translation of the original Greek. And in, in fact, he used uh, Aristotelian categories to, def, uh, to demonstrate and also to expand our understanding of the Christian faith, although it is very clear that in some ways Aristotle got it wrong. But he was still the aid to clear thinking. Thomas also believed that creation was a revelation of God, and hence there was the importance of philosophical uh, understanding and wisdom. He even went so far as to say that we are able to use the gifts even of the pagans. And he remembers something that one of the church fathers said uh, when he was criticized for using Plato as a way by which to ex, uh, expound on the Christian faith. And that church father said, now remember that when the Israelites left uh, Egypt, they took silver and gold from the Egyptians with them. And why not we, who are Christians, take the silver and gold of the pagans and use it for our purpose as well? And this personality, this devotion to prayer, this deep love of God, and this devotion to describing the truth to discovering it, to allowing us to understand more deeply how it is the meaning of our life, makes Thomas Aquinas one of the towering figures in our church's history. But I think it all began with our Lord expounding on the two great commandments. That first, the love of God, he said, 
with one whole a whole body and one whole soul and one's whole mind. For one must tr- uh, know what is true before one can live the truth. It requires a spiritual discipline to open our minds and hearts and ears to that truth. But once discovered, the whole of our person, body and soul, can be absorbed into the reality of God's glory and truth. And it is the only way worthy of a true human dignity. <laughs> 